Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in lines right here on the Believe Network. As always, I am your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Cavanaugh. And as always, I am joined by the all-world safety, the all-world former Detroit Lion, the interception leader, the locker room leader, Glover Quinn Jr. How's it Ooh, going, buddy? Up, man? man, it's going good, man. How are you? I am great. It's you know nice. What? That introduction is just awesome, dude. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, just, you know, have to give the people the hype and got to give you the hype that you so clearly deserve. You know, I appreciate that, man. I really do. It was some long years, man. So I appreciate, I appreciate that. It definitely made a difference in my life as a Detroit Lions fan and the lives of many Detroit Lions fans out there. I see in the comments all the time, people are just, I wish Glover was still on the field. I wish we still had him back there picking people off, pairing him with Tracy Walker. My goodness. You know what? And I still, I still get those comments, man. And, you know, I, I, I do think about like, it was fun, man. It was fun. The Detroit fans were incredible. And it's just something about when you just get people to believe, you know, I got a huge tattoo on my arm that says believe, right? And that right there, I was reading a book at one point and it said that belief is the, I think, single most important, like, thing or whatever in in the entire world is belief and you're like probably like what do you mean it's like anything you have to believe something is something for it to be something right like you have to believe that red is red otherwise red is not red you got to believe that love is love you got to believe that you know today is the 23rd you got you know so you have to believe those things and so as a fan, you have to believe that the team can get it done. You got to believe that this player can make a play. And as a player, it's your job to put that belief into the fans, into your teammates, into your coaches, so they believe in you, that they believe that if anybody can make a play, he's going to make a play. And that was the way that I wanted to play. I wanted people to feel like, you know what, this is a moment. You know what, GQ always comes through in these moments. And, you know, when you finally, when you do come through in those moments, it's just like, wow, you know, and then the pressure gets put on you then now, right? Because now 
every time it's a moment they're expecting you to make a play but you know you don't get to make them all the time but it's a great feeling to you know have people expect you to make plays for you to expect that you can make those plays and to actually go out and make those plays that's a that's a special feeling and um it was so cool to do it in front of the Lions fans man and so still to this day I hear it and you know I I still love Lions fans to this day so I wish I was still out there too man some days and then other days I'm like man I'm glad I'm at home our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. So head to the website or Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. <laughs> I'm sure especially right now in the heat. Well, I guess not now, last week, weeks before, in the heat in the OTAs. That's probably when you're not missing it so much, I imagine. Well, I mean, it wasn't hot in Detroit. I mean, it was it used to be cold all the way up until probably mini camp. True. You know, true. It used to be now when I was in Houston, yes, it was hot. Hot. Like I saw something on uh, Snapchat the other day and it was like First, one of the little filter things was like first day of summer. And I'm like, what? It's the first day of summer. No, it's been summer here for like a month already. A month <laughs> like this is not the first day of summer. But in Detroit, probably the first day of summer because I mean, I saw things last month and, and a couple weeks ago where it was 50 degrees, 53. I'm like, that's not summer. That I mean, that is a in, in Houston, that is a chilly day. In Detroit, it probably feels pretty good to be 53 degrees, right? But in Houston, that's a chilly, chilly day. And so um, it didn't get hot out there in Detroit really until minicamp, and that's maybe. Um, but it'll be, you know, warm, I guess. Um, training camp, you can have some hot some hot days, but for the most part, man, the weather in, in Detroit was – it was perfect, but unperfect because I like the heat a little bit. So it was kind of it's kind of weird to go out in May and it's still cold outside. Like, geez, let's get some warm air around here. Um, Especially but, coming from Texas, I imagine too. Yeah, I, I mean, coming from Texas, I grew up in Mississippi. I went to school in New Mexico. It gets hot in those places in the in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Detroit's a little bit different in that regard. And it gets real cold, too, during the season. No question. I couldn't imagine if we had – if Detroit was an outside stadium. Oh, <laughs> talking about brutal. It'd be looking a little bit like Lambo at times. As for training camp, the rookies are reporting on July 23rd veterans july 26 so it might be hot in detroit by then what happens in those three days where it's just the rookies 
and no vets. Is that just kind of an introduction period or what's the holdup? Um, I mean, different coaches do different things, you know. I mean, I'm a, I was only a rookie once, so it was a long time ago. Um, but they just kind of get a head start, you know. They get in, get get through their physicals or whatever they got to get going, get a couple extra days of practice, get conditioning out the way they need to do that, um, and just kind of get some reps in, walkthroughs, kind of picking up, seeing what they know, um, more install weightlifting, just getting those guys settled in before the vets show up and, you know, things pick up a lot because, you know, it's it's different. You know, when you're a rookie and you show up with all the rookies, that's one thing. If you show up with the vets, like when the vets start showing up, that's years of experience, that's star power. Like could you imagine being a rookie wide receiver and you're walking in the same time as Calvin Johnson walking in? You're just like, oh, hold on. Hold on. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. if you've been there for a couple of days and you've got a chance to get all your stuff taken care of, all your stuff is out the way. So then when the vets come in, you know, you've been there for a few days. So you feel a little more comfortable for one. And you just kind of get to sit back and relax and watch those guys. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's really what it is. You know, just to get those guys in, get them, get them a head start. You know, there's meetings and things that rookies have to go through, NFL type stuff. So they kind of do a lot of that stuff and get them acclimated to training camp and how things are going to be. And like I said, they get some practices in so they can kind of get some reps and kind of get going and be ready for when the vets get there. Gotcha. So it's just to help everyone come along into the franchise remove a little bit of the pressure so you're not walking in while Andre Johnson's eating a sub and you're scared to talk to him, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) That is true. Well, and so talking about players that have that star power and that it factor, reports out of camp are DeAndre Swift, the running back for the Lions, is that dude. It just doesn't look fair when and it's you can't tackle him because it's mini camp and OTAs but the way he moves is just at a different level by all reports did you play with anyone like that aside from the obvious Andre Johnson and Calvin Johnson or is that kind of where maybe each team has one to two guys that just operate on a different level physically you know, in, in practices, sometimes it's tough, um, especially in the OTAs, because you're not tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see some guys who actually move really well. They kind of just run really well. They, you know, wide receivers. Um, you know, when I played with Aaron Foster, you know, he ran really well, really smooth. He he could see the holes really good. He he went through a really, a really good stretch um, where he he looked really solid. Um, you know, when I played with uh, when I was and a lot of these guys were when I was were young that I'm starting with, but Owen Daniels was the same exact way kind of. He was a tight end in um, in Houston. He was. He was smooth. He was a really good route runner. Um, 
and then when you get to Detroit, you know, you got you got Calvin Johnson, right? Calvin Johnson was, like we said, the obvious. Um, but just watching Stafford throw the ball, it was just different. You know, he could just effortlessly throw the ball, effortlessly. Um, you know, and like I said, when you're in OTAs in the summertime, everybody's in short. So offensive guys are fired up, right? They're 100 miles per hour because you can't hit them. But some of those guys, they just move really well, you know, um, really, really, really well. But like I said, when I got to Detroit, now I was getting older, right? Mm-hmm. So things that I saw looked different from when I was a young guy because I was the older guy and, you know, could see um, – the guys, but man, it's just it's just incredible talent out there on the field, all around. Just incredible talent. And so for DeAndre, man, when you see a guy that just kind of looks different, and like I said, you're gonna see it a lot from the running backs mm-hmm. because you know they get the ball, they can see the cuts, they make the cuts, and you know, they get in open space with the run with the DBs and they make make a cut and, and keep running. And you know, those guys are fast. So sometimes you just, you know, you see them pull off on DBs or, you know what I'm saying? And they just like, man, this kid looks, he looks good. He looks good. Um, so that's good for him. That's good, good news coming out of, of Lions. Uh, I don't want to say camp yet, but Lions camp. So that uh, hopefully that momentum carries over throughout the summer. You know, he gets some, some rest, but also puts in a lot of work over these next couple of weeks and, and show up ready to go. And the biggest thing for running backs, man, is is pacing yourself and staying healthy. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. And when I say pacing yourself, I don't mean, you know, taking it easy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's finding you a good routine, finding you something that you can stick with every single day, not come out the gates and you're doing all this extra weight room stuff and extra training room stuff and extra eating stuff, all these different things for the first three or four weeks. And then you, it's so much that you get tired. So then you stop doing those things, right? You just want to find something that you could do every single day. Even if it's just, hey, man, I'm going to go in the weight room and stretch for five minutes after practice. Just five minutes. You can do that every single day. Problem is, some guys are coming there with some elaborate routines, and it takes them 40 minutes. And then some days they just like, bro, I don't feel like going in there and doing this for 40 minutes, right? So then they get out of that routine, then it's hard for them to get back into it. But five minutes, you can do that every single day. And staying healthy, that stuff helps you to stay healthy so that you're not just strong early in the season. You want to continue to get strong and be strong guest, you know, come December when you're trying to hopefully make a playoff run. And that's just great advice for not just running backs in the NFL, all players in the NFL, all players at really every level, every level benefit from that because you see all the crazy workouts and not to disparage Derek Henry. The man is terrifying, but you see the crazy workouts with the balance and the bands. And you know, he's not going to be able to do that during the season. And Again, Derrick Henry is just built different, but you have to find what you can do and continue doing to stay at the top of your game. Right. And, you know, the offseason stuff, 
So the offseason workouts are crazy, right? Yeah. So that's where you see Derek Henry and those guys doing crazy stuff because you have to put your body through crazy things so that you're ready to perform. You're ready to take on, you know, hits and and falls and and you know turns and nicks and like you have to get your body ready for those things. And you're right. No, you're not going to do that stuff every single day and during the season and during training camp and things like that. But there are little things that you can take that you continue and you may have, say, one day, you know, where you do some of the crazy things, right? Where you know, hey, you know what? I'm going to spend my Tuesday mornings getting me a really good workout in because I know on Mondays I got to work out, but I'm probably going to be sore because I just played a game on Sunday, right? But on Tuesday mornings when I come in, I'm going to give me a really good workout to try to get my body ready so that I'm, I can be ready for practice on Wednesday. I don't want to have one game put me to where I can't really be back to practicing until Thursday. You know, I want to be able to come out on Monday, run around a little bit, Tuesday, get me a good workout in, and then now I'm getting my body ready for Wednesday practice as I go into the rest of the week. And that's all part of the – athletic training that both players individually hire and that the teams hire for the players. And that's how you get a long career such as the one that we just saw end of Rob Gronkowski. He has retired for the second time now, (laughs) and there's a little bit of chatter that Gronk could come back in the season if Tom asks, but Talking about players who don't look fair on a football field, what was it like playing Rob Gronkowski? You know, Rob was incredible, man. He's an incredible talent. Um, You know, he looks weird at times, goofy at times, but the the kid could absolutely play football. He has huge hands. He could catch almost anything. And, you know, he didn't seem fast, but, you know he he knew how he knew how to separate you know big frame could use his body um in the offense that they ran in Tampa I mean not Tampa in New England you know they could do a whole lot of things with with Rob um he he was an incredible guy to 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 watch um tough guy to play against um great career he did it I would say he did it the right way. He had a lot of fun. You know, he was serious when it was time to be serious. Won a lot of big games, made a lot of big catches, made a lot of big plays. Um, you know, you got to say he had one of the, you know, the, the one of the top careers that we can think of in, in recent, you know, tight end, you know, history. And, I mean, for all the things that he was able to do and just how much fun he, he had playing the game. Um, so you got to tip your hat to him and, and, and see if he stays retired this year. But, you know, if, if he, if he don't, I'm sure he'll come back and, and, and still be able to catch, catch footballs. But if you do, you know, right off into the sunset, man, you had a great career. Definitely, definitely. And in my opinion, I came up in football my jersey options when I was in high school, I was a tight end linebacker. It was 15, it was 71, or it was 87. And 87 was the easy choice easy thanks choice. to Rob Gronkowski. 
at the tight end position. So always being a big Gronk fan. However, I did notice, and I could be wrong, but I went back in the archives and it appears you played against Rob Gronkowski three times. times. Yeah. And he did not score a single touchdown against Glover Quinn and the Lions and Texans defenses. Well, I I don't mean to just brag, but there's a lot of people that can fall into that category as well, right? There's a lot lot of people that fall into that category. Um, There's some that scored on me, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of great football players that that actually didn't. But, you know, that's just me. That's just you being you. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, my earlier years when I was in Houston, um, we played against them several times, um, matched up with them a lot, matched up with them a lot, and also, you know, matched up with, you know, the other tight end they had there at the time, um, you know, Aaron. Um, but those guys were those guys were tough. And then when I was in Detroit, um, playing safety against them, we played them in the preseason one time. I think we played them in 2014. We played them. Uh, up in New England, and they actually beat us, but I don't think Rob had a big day. Um, I actually made a couple plays that game too, especially in the run game, if I remember correctly. And then we played them again at home in 2000, would have been 18 maybe? Yeah, yeah. last year uh, with Matt Patricia. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think we shut Rob down again. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you know – that's that's a cool thing too, because when he give his Hall of Fame speech, you know, I won't be probably on any of his highlights or any in any of his uh, stories of guys that he totally demolished. But you know, Rob was Rob was a cool guy. Yeah, he, he he was fun to, to play against and fun to watch. And he almost became your teammate at a time. If you, <laughs> the story he tells is correct, I don't know if you were privy to this as a member of the Lions, but. Gronk tells a story in Patricia's first year, your final year, that a trade went through. Belichick and Patricia agreed to send Rob Gronkowski to Detroit. And Gronk said that if that trade went through, he would retire. So it never happened. Yeah. Hey, that's power. Yeah. You know, to 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 be in a position to say, you know what? If you guys are gonna send me to Detroit, I'll just retire. That's that's power. Um, and the trade didn't happen. He went back to New England and won some more games, and then all of a sudden you get traded to Tampa and win more games, and then retires and comes back and in Tampa and he's having fun. So, you know, that's that's Rob. <laughs> you can't blame him at all for it. If you have the chance to follow Tom Brady in perpetuity. Who can blame you for taking it? Yeah, I mean, and you know, like you said, Rob could be retired, living his life, and week six, Tom starts seeing things, feel like, hey, man, we're gonna have a chance at this thing later in the year, you know. And I think I'm, I mean, I'm probably gonna need a, a red zone threat or anybody, you know, what I'm saying, just him being on the field, you gotta, you gotta account for him because he's so big that you know you don't want to leave him one on one in the red zone. Um, and especially with his career and his resume. So then that obviously brings extra eyes. So then that opens up, you know, little windows for other guys. And so that just wouldn't be surprised if depending on how it's going and 
Tom give him a call in October and's like, hey man, how you feeling? You, you think you want to make a run for it? Like, hey, start working out and let me know if you're feeling it in November. We'll give you a call and you come in. And, you know, for Rob, not being a super speed guy, just a big guy, you know, he don't have to be in tip-top phenomenal shape. You know, he just got to be able to run a little bit. And, you know, he won't play 100% of the plays in the game. He'll be used in the in the role in the way that they want him to be to, you know, if you leave him one-on-one, he's still going to make a catch on you. And if you, you know, double him, then it's going to open things up for, you know, Mike Evans and other guys on on the outside. So, Hey man, it's it's good to be Gronk. It's good to be Gronk. It really truly is and we wish him the best in his retirement, his post-retirement comeback if that happens. Whatever Gronk does, I'm excited to see. And apparently according to some of the veteran players, they get really excited about the rookie dinner. So I don't know if you watch uh, the Pivot podcast with mm-hmm. NFL greats Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor, but mm-hmm. they were talking to Garrett Wilson recently, the Jets mm-hmm. wide receiver, and Wilson was shocked to learn that the rookie dinner means the rookie pays instead of the rookie is celebrated. And his face it was just so funny to watch it drop in real time, realizing, oh, that's what it is. Was that the same way it happened in Houston and Detroit? Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it is. You know, the rookie, the rookie pays, and a lot of times it depends on your class. You know, generally it's different when you got a a high first round draft pick that's a rookie. Um, you know, when I came out. We didn't have any high first round draft picks as a rookie. You know, we had a, uh, I think I was the highest and I was a fourth rounder. Then we had a sixth rounder and then we had a seventh rounder. So we didn't have any huge, huge money guys, but we had three of us. Um, but they didn't, they didn't run our rookie dinner up. Um, like some of the stuff that you see, you know what I'm saying? I think some of the stuff that you see, it's a bit, in my opinion, ridiculous, um, you know, I was never for the running the tab up, you know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, if you got one guy, well, when you, when you talk about the defensive backs, you're going to have, you know, six, seven corners because you're going to have, say, five on your active roster and you're going to have probably two on the practice squad. Right. But those guys are probably rookies or, you know, low money guys, second, second year guys, stuff like that. And then, you know, you're going to have probably four safeties on the active roster and maybe one on the practice squad. So you're going to be looking at 10 to, you know, 11 guys in the secondary, um, you know. And so, I mean, if you just think about it, if, if everybody spends, you know, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, you know, that's still, that's a, that's a lot of money. It's three, 3,000 bucks. Right. So you should be able to go out to dinner, you know, have you a nice steak, have you some dessert, have you some appetizers and have you a couple of drinks. If you want a couple of drinks and, and have you a good dinner and rookie can pay three, three, 3,000, 4,000 bucks, yada, yada, yada. 
and you have a great night. Well, the problem comes in is when guys, you know, start buying, you know, not just shots of the more expensive alcohol. You know, Louis 13 is a huge, you know, alcohol in, in the NFL circle when it comes to that, that those things. Very expensive, expensive. I think it's like 250 almost $300 a shot. Ooh. Right. So, yeah, you you may do a round of shots for everybody. Right. And, and you know, that's normal. Mm-hmm. You'll do that is when you have guys start taking bottles of it because a bottle of it may cost you five grand. So you get four or five guys that take a bottle of Louis the 13 and you're already at 20 grand. Yeah, that's that- when it starts becoming ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, so none of the rookies that I ever dealt with when I was in Detroit, you know, we never, we never had any, any crazy bills like that. We go out, we have a good time because we were in season. So a lot of us didn't even really drink like that even during this, during season. So we never had any crazy bills. Um, and like I say, when I see some of these rookie tabs and they're paying 70,000, like how do you spend $70,000? on you know 10 guys that's an average of seven thousand dollars a person like how what are you like how much food are you eating no it's the alcohol it's the drinks and sometimes you'll have d linemen that may show up to your rookie dinner and buy you know alcohol bottles of wine just to take home with them that's where the bill get ran up at right yeah yeah and it's it it really is, and it sounds as though there are a lot of NFL veterans with the same mentality as you. And you know, you never know. It's all it's on a podcast too. They could have been exaggerating a little bit in terms of what they expect Garrett to get. But Ravens former wide receiver Tory Smith, he very much is the same sentiment as you, and said that Anquan Bolden, your former teammate, actually kind of instilled that in him where. It's just for fun, not going anything crazy, and really helped mentor him in the financial aspect of the NFL. Does that sound like the Anquan Bolden that you played with? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely cute. That's definitely how he is. And and that's definitely what you want from 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 leaders, from from guys in the league, because it it, it all it's all about breaking breaking the cycle, right? Like most of the time, if a rookie comes in and they get gouged for 50,000 then they have that chip and that vendetta on their shoulder the rest of their career so they want every rookie to get gouged because they got gouged it takes somebody to be like you know what I got gouged and I didn't like it so I'm not gonna make this guy spend fifty thousand dollars on on food for us like this kid just came in he's young he don't even understand money right now like we're trying to teach good financial skills like going to dinner spending sixty seventy thousand dollars is not a sustainable life that's not something that we want to even teach so i'm not going to do it i'm gonna go to dinner i'm gonna have me a nice steak i'm gonna have me some dessert and i'm gonna eat and yeah my steak might cost a hundred bucks because i might get a, a porterhouse or whatever or whatever but at the end of the day that's a normal hey we're a normal meal as opposed to getting the multiple bottles of four or five six thousand dollar alcohol or wine that's just being ridiculous and so you need more guys to say no man this is not how 
this is not the trend that we want to set for our people, for our young guys. We don't want to show that this is what we do. I don't want you to have to go and spend all your money to feel like you got to keep up with me. Like I've been in the league for 10 years. So my money is different than your money. Like you need to save your money. You need to save your money. You need to save your money because you don't know how long you're going to play. So save your money. So no, I'm not going to ask you to spend a hundred thousand dollars right now. That's way too early. You're trying to get your life started. You're probably trying to get your place to stay. You're probably trying to get you something to drive. Guys probably trying to do something for their moms or whoever, like you're spending a lot of money at this season already so why am i trying to take another hundred thousand dollars from you like it's just ridiculous so um like i said i i stand with q on those things and um you know i think there's other ways throughout the year to to teach rookies but also have rookies you know earn their earn their keep you know what i'm saying um so that's those are kind of my things and personally, my favorite rookie dinner stories are the ones where they run the tab up to scare the rookie and then the veteran pays for it because he was always going to pay it. And just it was it's a team bonding. It's a prank where it's haha, gotcha. No, don't worry about it. Right. Those I mean, like kinds said, of things are fun. And like I said, most of the time you have that those guys, the, the veteran guys that, you know, that, that want to do things the right way. You know, no, they probably won't pay the hotel, but what they ran up, you know what I'm saying? Their their bottles of alcohol, they're gonna cover their own bottles of alcohol. And yeah, yeah you're gonna have this. This is this is the tab once you take all that that extra alcohol off. Cause that's that's really what runs the bill up. Like, could you imagine eating seventy thousand dollars of twenty thousand dollars worth of food? Like, what are you <laughs> ordering? You know what I'm saying? Like the most expensive steak there probably costs 200 bucks. Like if, even if you ordered 10, <laughs> 10, 200 bucks, 10, $200 steaks, there's only two grand. How do you spend 20 grand on food? No, it's the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that it seems a lot of people agree with us on the rookie dinner and it's becoming a lot more wholesome place to work with. And one of the things I'm noticing in terms of the wholesomeness of the NFL is the camaraderie across positions on different teams, because now we have George Kittle and Greg Olson putting on tight end university we have the O-line masterminds, and we also have Von Miller's pass rush camp. What do you think about all of these link-ups across positions, and was that really a thing that happened during your time in the NFL? Um, yeah, I think during my time, you know, I think Ryan Clark has started doing his, uh, his DV camp, DB retreat out in Arizona. Um, I never went just because of, you know, my kids and my and the time and the things. Um, but I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I think it's a good thing. I think it, it builds brotherhood and camaraderie with more guys around the league. It's a teaching period. It's a time where, you know, guys learn from other guys. And you're not competing against guys that you play against in the grand scheme of things. I mean, George Kittle played on tight end university. All those guys are tight ends, so they're not playing against each other. Right. Yeah. George Kittle may be helping a tight end get better. That's going to play against the San Francisco 49ers. But at the end of the day, like 
tight ends are going to stick together. Like we're tight ends, right? DBs are going to stick together. Yeah, I may not be playing against, you know, Quandre Diggs, right, or Darius Slay, but he's a DB, so I'm always going to root for the DB. Like I want him to get better. I want him to ball. I want him to do those things. I want, you know, let's let's help each other out because the game is hard. Like let's learn from each other. So I don't have no problem with position guys, you know, working out with each other, pushing each other, learning from each other, growing, you know, we don't have any reason to, you know, not like other DBs around the league. We should want DBs to play well and, and do well. That just, that just makes it better for everybody. So I have zero problem with it at all. And that's the way Lane Johnson, the Philadelphia Eagles right tackle put it for O-line masterminds is miles. Garrett is a freak. Von Miller is a freak. And we all have to line up with them constantly. Why not work together to figure out how to beat these dominant athletes rushing off the edge? And now that they did that, now Von Miller has decided, hey, they're they're working together too well. We gotta we gotta counter that and do our own thing. So I like it a lot. I don't know if coaches do as much because I know Matt Patricia reportedly wasn't a fan of Darius Slay working out with Odell Beckham. Is that kind of the common sentiment from coaches or is it just a flavor by flavor thing? Well, I don't remember. I don't know if like, I don't know if Slay was working out with Odell Beckham. I think Matt Patricia had a problem with Slay. He was working out with Richard Sherman and Xavier Rhodes and a lot of those Uh. other guys. And those guys were, you know, kind of big time. And Matt Patricia was trying to tell Slay he wasn't big time to be working out with those guys. He didn't like how Slay was talking and having fun with Odell Beckham because we practiced against the Giants in training camp that year. Ah. Right. So, yes, I, I don't want to say I don't like it because you still have it anyway. Like, you, you have these workout facilities, and there's going to be some wide receivers. There's going to be some DBs there, right? Um, but, yeah, I can understand him not wanting – you know, Slay to be working out or training with Devontae Adams at the time, right? Yeah. That's, you guys are going to be going at each other, right? So you don't want him to be picking up on your whatevers and, you know what I'm saying? So I can see that, but at the end of the day, you know, you're just working out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just working out. You don't have to do, you know, skill drills you know, where you're talking your techniques and things like that, why you're doing this or why you're doing that against the wide receiver to work out with him. You I mean, you're just pushing each other in workouts and doing doing ladder drills and doing agility drills, all those things. I mean, you could do that with, with anybody. It's really when you go to these masterminds and these, you know, D-line school and all these, that's when you're really getting into your technique, why you do a certain thing. Hey, how do you use your hands? Like, what's your keys? What are you looking at? Why you do this right here? Like, when you get this coverage, what are you thinking? How are you reading it? You're really getting into the position and what you're really trying to do to win. Working out, that's just working out. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a difference. But you can get multiple guys that can get together and talk and build a brotherhood and and really be able to pick each other's brain and and make sure that the game is just getting better 
I think it's good for the game. And I think, you know, I think it's good, you know, when when you have relationships with guys that, like I say, we're not playing against those guys. You know what I'm saying? We're, yeah, we're playing against their team. But Slade's not playing against Richard Sherman. He He's not playing against Xavier Rose. Like, he's not playing against those guys. Yeah, Xavier Rose is playing against Marvin Jones or Golden Tate or those guys. And they got to figure out how to cover those guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But us just talking technique and why we do and how we read, like, I mean, I don't see that big of a deal. As long as you're putting in some work, as long as you're out there grinding it, if you want to feel like you're one of the elites and, and you want to work out with the elites and, and, and practice with the elites, then go be with the elites, man. Like, go do it. Iron sharpens iron. And no question. As you said, if you're getting into the exchange of techniques with wide receivers on the other team, maybe that's an issue. But a workout's a workout. You can run the ladder. You can run the cones. You can work on your speed. You even see Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, coming to workouts. And he's playing corner or wide receivers are playing corner against him. It's all for fun. And it's just a good way to mix it up in peak physical combat, so to say. Yeah, I mean, Ocho thinks he's a DB. He thinks he could play DB. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He's a good athlete. I will say that he's good feet, but no. Not a DB. It's Not a, a DB. <laughs> Not a DB. Not a DB at all. But shouts out to Ocho. But great, he's not a <laughs> great athlete, great receiver, not a DB, not a DB. And before we get you out of here, we did have a question from our friend Trent Boyett on YouTube. He wants to know about the three footballs that are sitting over your shoulder there. What's <laughs> the significance of those? And he added that he misses seeing you on the field. Oh, man. Appreciate that, Trent. Um, these, these right here are really no significance. I had, I, I used to have a lot of, I used to have all my interception balls. Um, and these are some of the balls that I got signed and I did some remodel on my house because it had got ruined when, um, when Houston had the flood, the freeze or whatever. Right. Um, so I did some remodel, so I had to take everything down. And so I still haven't got everything put back up and so these were just three balls that i had that are just back there but one of them is an andre johnson signed football one of them is calvin johnson signed football and the other one is um jj watt those are three pretty good footballs to have yeah and then i think on this side you can't really see them but i think i can see uh sue um, let me roll over here and get it. Hold on yeah. one second. Let me see. I cannot wait to see what these footballs are. And just listing off the names that Glover has, we've had Indomic and Sue and the Johnsons and JJ Watt. These are not in the in the cases, but this is a Arian Foster. Woo! Right here. And then this one is kind of faded reggie bush those 
are Reggie both Bush. great footballs to have. And then Sue's, Sue's over there in the corner. And then, like I said, Andre, JJ, Calvin. I mean, I got plenty of them. And did you Stafford. say that you have every interception ball yeah. that you have? Yeah, I keep I kept I kept all my interception balls. So Ooh. if I caught an interception, I kept the ball. That's so awesome. I, I used to call that my uh you know how back in the uh days you 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 have those shows and they're you know like the Viking type shows and they're like, you know, bring me their head. Um that was kind of like my you know, I had all of them. Peyton, Drew. Tom, Aaron, Ben, Eli, Joe. I had all of them. So I would look on the wall and, yeah, I got them. Kept all of them. I kept every last one of them. Glover Quinn's interception graveyard, (laughs) one might call it. Yep, and you know what? And I still got them. I'm, I'm gonna put some of them back up. Probably won't put all of them back up, you know. Um, but I had to put some of them back up because you know my kids. You know my kids. You know my 12 year old. You know they're getting to that point where they're like trying to try daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like they they they. So I have to like remind them like. Yeah, you see daddy now, and and you probably remember daddy when he played football, but you didn't really know, like, so I have to remind those guys, like, daddy was all right, bro, like, <laughs> you know. And I told I told my oldest son the other day, because like I said, he always tried me, right? So I told him, I was like, you know what, man? You should be glad that daddy was pretty solid. You should be glad that daddy was like still in decent shape and because you know you came from like me, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if if I was that bad, I mean, what do you think is going to be? You think you're just going to, I'm not saying you can't be great if I was bad, but you know what I'm saying, right? So you should be like, man, my dad was good, so I know that's in me. I'm gonna be better than him, so I'm gonna be like, great. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you see those interception balls right. on the wall, Check you have receipts, to recognize man. the greatness that dad has. Check my receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Check the receipts, check the heads on the wall, the footballs of all the quarterbacks that Glover Quinn has picked off. The interception graveyard, just like Bruce Smith did his QB sack graveyard for Halloween. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, with all of that in mind, are there any pluggables for Mr. Quinn to plug? You know what? The only thing I'm gonna plug is um so I like taking photos. Okay. I really I really like taking photos and 
the only thing that I can consistently take photos of to where I can practice, practice and practice taking photos and editing and doing all these different things. The only thing that I can consistently do is objects, right? Mm-hmm. You can't consistently get somebody else's face or somebody, you know what I'm saying? Because you got to ask, hey, can I take your picture? But the only thing that is an object, right? So at one point I said, you know what? I'm going to start taking pictures of my shoes, right? So I started taking pictures of my shoes. And I actually created an Instagram page for my shoes. And I take pictures of them. And I style them up. And I put them on Instagram. So if you're interested in sneakers or want to see more of, you know, my sneakers or, you know, Get your sneakers taken pictures of. Um, follow GQ underscore sneaks. Like sneakers. And I highly recommend following GQ underscore sneaks because I, I think it was this past week, a couple weeks ago, I, you, you posted about it. Oh, I got to check this out. Yeah. It is absolute fire. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I got I got some shoes coming out. Well, I don't even want to show these right here because I got I bought me a new car, and um, like I don't know if you got I don't even know if you guys can even see, you guys probably can't even no uh, it, not turn, it turned up. off. But like, can you can you guys see this? I don't know. Uh, it might not even be focused. Yeah, you'll see it when 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 I release the shoe. I I I put the story on it because you know I I got shoes scheduled to go out for months. You know, I just take the pictures and I schedule them to go out and they they'll post on Instagram for months and I'm still taking them, still taking them. So but it's fun. It's fun. And I do have these shoes that are there in my closet. A lot of them I have never even worn, um, but it's just something different. And like I said, it's the only thing that I can consistently take photos with and I can play with different lights. I can do different things with it and and, you know, work on my journey and my goal to being a professional photographer think about that a professional photographer professional football player professional photographer absolutely unbelievably talented <laughs> at both so make sure you follow gq underscore sneaks for all of the action yes that's the only thing i'm gonna plug tonight well, make sure you follow us here at Believe in Lions. Check yes. out our friends over at betonline.ag. And until we get back together, we will see you next time. Peace. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.